When people see prize like that, they would, you know, leave comments like or say straight to my face that, you know, it's it's too expensive. Like what why do you even bother to put it here? And things like, you know, we should rob a bank if we were to buy this piece of art. Welcome to season two of the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with artists and industry leaders from around the world. Our goal is to share knowledge, connect our community, and elevate the artistry of our craft. Hi, I'm Jesse Chu. Hello, I am Quinn Wynn, and we are the founders of the Paper Florist Collective. Today, we're exploring the topic of the process involved in getting your artwork exhibited in galleries and shows. To inform us more about this topic, we've invited paper artist Ceres Lau to talk about her experience as an exhibiting artist. Ceres is from Sarawak, Malaysia, but her work has been exhibited in numerous shows around the world, and you've probably seen her work online. You may have seen her recent work where she carves intricate wildflowers out of white sheets of paper. And in fact, that's what she does. She cuts, carves, sculpts, and creates works of art from paper. Welcome to our show series. Welcome, Hi, series. to see. <laughs> We're so glad yeah. to have you on our show. We've been following you since, well, a couple years now, and we've seen your work really evolve and change. So we're really excited to ask you about your inspirations, your process, and then finally, of course, you know, how you got exhibited, the process that goes with that, pretty much just anything you can tell us about yourself. (laughs) So let's start at the beginning. Why don't we start at the beginning? I would say, I'm going to inject before she starts, it's like, I've been following her since the beginning of my career. Like, that's how much you impressed me on your creativity, your artistic, you're so super talented. You've been a huge motivator for me. Thank you. It's it's really a, a huge pleasure to be here. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm really very humbled by this opportunity. Aww. We are so humbled to have you here with us because yeah, you're one of my idols for sure, hands down. You're Aww. so talented. You have this elegance about you and your artwork that translates so well. And I'm so curious to find more about you. And I hope after this that we can become better friends and I can like just be getting <laughs> any time of the day. <laughs> so tell us about how you started your journey and have you always been an artist? Mm, I think as a child, I was not very exposed to a lot of um, artsy stuff. You know, in a very typical Asian upbringing, mm-hmm. art is something like a taboo. <laughs> yes, so much. <laughs> not very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have no art history or background in the family at all. Mm-hmm. There's no one doing arts. And so the only resource that I can get my artsy information from is the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone remember Art Attack. Oh, art yes. 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 Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, That show is really inspiring. Very yeah. inspiring. Mm-hmm. And that's the outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the, the time when I started to have, you know, interest in art and started to explore more things. Mm -hmm. Did your parents like buy you art supplies or did you have to like sneak around and says, oh, I'm going to save my money and buy art supplies (laughs) myself? Did you draw a lot? Did you doodle a lot? I know like even when you don't have drawing supplies, like in class, maybe you like daydreaming and doodling away. (laughs) No. (laughs) A lot, a lot, all the time. (laughs) I was not a very good student in class. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was often, you know, getting caught up drawings and I was often being caught snoozing. <laughs> It's not a very good thing to share. <laughs> I would draw, draw my friends' books and they would always give me their books to draw on, like the covers and all that. Always been drawing since small and one of my ultimate childhood dream was actually to become a comic artist. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, I'm, I'm still an artist now. Yes, <laughs> you are. <laughs> Let's explore about your art medium. How did you come across, are you using watercolor paper? Or is it a specific type of paper that you find in Malaysia? In Malaysia, it's really hard to get hold of very good quality papers. And especially from where I came from, there's only two art shops here in the entire town. And they don't have a great selection of papers. I think there's only less than 50 types of paper. Mm -hmm. And most of them are for school assignments, you know, for for the covers and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's not actually for fine art. Mm -hmm. The papers I use, I always outsource from the companies in or the suppliers in West Malaysia or Singapore or even all the way from UK. That's how I get all my papers. Great. Does it take a long time to ship to you? Always hoard my papers back then before I get to know of these suppliers in Malaysia and Singapore, which Mm -hmm. is much nearer and better to me. I would always bring back huge rolls of paper, you know, to the cargo with me and they often they wouldn't allow me to check in because it's <laughs> too big it's oversized <laughs> it's oversized and I always have to pay extra for it Aww. and it's uh, yeah it, you know back then it's really really hard for me to continue doing this because there's a lot of things that I have to think about and the expenses are quite heavy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so did you pick up the paper medium in college mm, yes in my final year actually when I was studying in London but before that I actually touched base on paper in the university here in Kuching Sarawak but it was not very encouraged because I was studying graphic design back then I majored in graphic design and (laughs) graphic design has always back then has always been about digital work Yes. A lot of work done using computers, you know, laptops and all that. And I wasn't very into it. Mm-hmm. I only took it up because it's the only, it's the closest thing to art at that time. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell That's the exact reason why I went into graphic design in my, from undergrad for, you, so I did. You, you yeah. graduated in graphic No, design. I didn't graduate. <laughs> I, entered, I entered university for a graphics design program. I was in there for a year. Technically, it's two years, but my second year, I didn't take any graphic design courses. But that was actually one of the reasons why, because like you, my background, we're from Hong Kong. And so as in our family, we don't, we also don't really have anybody in fine art, except for like a distant cousin. And graphic design to me was the closest thing to fine arts without it yeah. being fine arts. And in my head, <laughs> it was like, well, at least I can get a job as a graphic designer versus if I was just going for fine arts and being an artist, there's like, what kind of job will you get as an artist? Like, who knows? No, exact same thinking. But like you said, like, it's very digital. It's very like, everything was on the computer. Although we had like we printed everything out and like had to cut everything and like made little books and everything was like so time consuming but yeah no I can see like if you weren't really into it like me (laughs) I left (laughs) after my second year so no I just thought I would share that with you (laughs) 
Yeah, nothing against graphic design. Yeah, but I have to admit, I love our craft because it's so tactile and you see mm-hmm. the result like right away and you can actively see it change in your hand. What made you attracted to using paper as a medium? You said you picked it up when you were still in university here in Malaysia, but what drew you to paper using that as your main medium of choice? Back then, I thought it was just a very plain piece of material and that it was quite interesting to see what I can do with it. I never really ventured further until when I get to London during my final year. You know, I got the chance to actually study in London because of my dad. And I actually didn't want to go. (laughs) I was so rebellious. I was very persistent about it. I was, I just didn't want to go because I think I was so afraid to step out of my comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. somehow I got pushed <laughs> to take this, this opportunity and I really really I'm so thankful of my dad to this day and it was because of that decision that I get to know about paper it was during this assignment that our lecturer gave me during our first week I use clay I didn't use paper I use paper clay I think to make a poster or something to use existing event as our assignment as our team and guess what I fell terribly I was one of the I don't know one of the bottom yeah I was I I did so badly I was so shocked because before I went to London I was actually in the top of my class and even though I don't like graphic design (laughs) (laughs) I strive to be the top of my class and so it was it was quite a shock to me and I knew at that point I've, I've always knew I think that I didn't want to do graphic design but I have no idea what I want to do and that is when my lecturer back then she approached me she said you know why don't you try out other materials there's a lot of things that you could try you know we don't restrict you here and you could just you know do anything you want you could just you could even do illustrations you could even do photographies you don't have to just do graphic design that's how I started to explore on different mediums and you know I even came across you for that little card wood wood cutting oh yeah the wood cutting print print. yeah 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 yeah. I even did that I did silk screen printing I did photography I did layer I did a lot of different things and then I came across paper in the end I just fell in love with it yeah I know exactly what that means yeah Yeah. we both like (laughs) fell into the crepe paper world and I don't know something about paper feeling it understanding Mm -hmm. it knowing Mm -hmm. that it's such an expressive art because you can do practically anything from origami with sharp lines to curvatures that's unbelievable with just a flat piece of paper. It's such a good yeah, challenge. A flat piece. Yeah, every single time you look at this flat piece of paper, you're like, what can I do with what it? What can I do with that? Yeah. yeah no, it's, so <laughs> it's so amazing. I love that. It's like a challenge every single time. I look at all my papers and I mm-hmm. love what you create with your art. Uh, let's talk about how yeah. you got into the, your first gallery. What was that experience like? How did you come across it? Did you approach a gallery owner and says, here's my art. I really would love to display it at your gallery. I try- I tried a lot of things when I got back to Malaysia. I tried to approach galleries. I tried to uh, submit my you know, applications. I tried to get attention from them. I tried to expose myself out there. But at that time, 
I got rejected a lot. I think from all of it. <laughs> yeah, I and knew why because I didn't have a very strong portfolio at the time, and I just thought I could wing it. <laughs> but it's yeah. But throughout the years, I realized that it's a solid portfolio is very important thing that we have to come up with. And I was very very lucky enough to have this um, opportunities given to me by curators. And galleries towards the end, so it's actually opportunities being offered to me instead of me going out and look for them. And I was really lucky that you know, I was very fortunate enough to have given all these things. And would you say that because of the very beginning of your journey, when you kept pushing your portfolio out, did it help you yeah. understand like, oh, I need to ch- change my portfolio, make it better, do more work, add it in? I think every artist who starts out, we start out with our bare beginning which is not the best of our work but as you grow and you show people you understand what you need to do to make your artwork better would you say that because of your beginning failures that it helped you create a better portfolio to get noticed by these curators I guess so (laughs) (laughs) it was also you know in in the midway halfway there people who actually saw what I do which is completely different from what I do right now but they still gave me the opportunity to exhibit my work and to sell my work so it was no I I would just say I was very fortunate but then I would also say that it also depends on the situation not everyone gets chances like this and which is why when you ask me if if I have any advices to give sometimes it really depends on the situations but right now I often go around and look for opportunities out there and it's not easy even though I have all this portfolio with me right now you still face a lot of rejections but when you get one acceptance it's totally worth it you tell us um, where was your first exhibition my first when I was a student like with a <laughs> well no I mean I guess like the opportunity that gallery exhibit came to you the first the one, one that you're referring to uh, it was in my hometown in this small coaching it actually very very unexpected it was, I think, two years after I came back from London. I actually didn't do anything within that two years time frame. I wasn't doing graphic design and I wasn't even doing paper art at all. So I was very, very extremely surprised that someone actually approached me and asked if I could come up with a piece of work to be displayed in their gallery and slash exhibition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was when that was when I started to involve myself in but it wasn't very it, it was I was very happy but there are some moments that wasn't very good as well <laughs> you know I think I told you in my answers I priced my mm-hmm. things in a very very low price I think it was 200 or 300 US dollars back then and it was a huge piece and I spent three to four weeks working on it day after day every day you mm-hmm. know 24 7 working on that piece <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it was. And it's a quilting piece inspired by one of the paper quilting artists that I really love at the time. And when people see prize like that, they mm-hmm. would, you know, leave comments like or say straight to my face that, you know, it's it's too expensive. Like, what? why do you even bother to put it here? And things like, you know, we should rob a bank if we were to buy this piece of art, which wow. I find it really, really, Aww. yeah, I find it really so discouraging. very discouraging. 
very sad at that time. But moving on from there, I learned a lot of things throughout the years. And I realized that the right buyers will come to you. And so it's, it's often not about the price. <laughs> yes. <It is laughs> I'm not sure how to put- no, I'm not sure how to put it. Um. Yeah, you're so correct. It's about perspective. How do you put your artwork out and how is it perceived? And I think all artists go through this. Yeah, the value. I think all artists go through it. When they start out, you don't understand the value you put in. Yes. I think artists put thousands, hundreds of hours of work into one piece of art. And the, mm-hmm. I would say the buyer sometimes do not understand <laughs> all the hard work, all the time, the thought, <laughs> the process that goes into making a piece of artwork. And I think it's mm-hmm. really hard because then you feel burdened. You feel saddened that people don't recognize all the effort, the love that you put in yeah. and you hear all this negativity. And I think it hurts even more when you hear it from friends and family that are close by uh, that do not understand yeah. it. Definitely. And I think it's something that everyone goes through, no matter who Mm -hmm. you are. And I think it's all about keep doing what you love, believing in yourself, keep curating, because you will find somebody that will love your work and value you what you think you are. It's a trial and error. And it's, you got to keep pushing. It's a lot of like, it's all those experiences that makes you who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need to fall down a lot of times sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So many. (laughs) Some people fall down more than others and some people pick themselves and become stronger some people have a harder time I think keep trying keep picking yourself up and keep motivating yourself because that one person that will find you and love your art Mm -hmm. will be the life changer that you will need funny thing now I think back you know that piece of art that I exhibited in my first gallery experience here in this town I sold it off to someone I knew someone I know through an exhibition years after that and it was my first piece that I sold actually after all these years it was my first piece that I sold and I I sold it for five times more (laughs) it was five five (laughs) or six times more yeah it was I was I was really really taken aback by it Congratulations. It was then I knew that. Thank you. It, I think it was at that point that I know that, you know, I really have to see my own value in what I do and not mm-hmm. take others' comments, you know, not so positive comments to heart. Mm-hmm. It really tracks you down a lot of times and we sure. often dwell on it too much sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In You're some right. ways, when you take a comment like that, you have to process it. You have to understand where they're coming from, but mm-hmm. don't take it to heart and you have yeah, don't to, take it to heart. And move on because you have to think like, how can I change their mind? Take it as a battle call to say, I will change their mind. I will do better. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the exhibit that your work has been shown in because you've exhibited in numerous shows. If you don't mind telling us about one, the process in terms of how you got into those shows and two, what those, those shows were about. In my early years, I think three years ago, I actually had my work now people actually approach me a lot of chances were given instead of me going to look for them and it was from there that I get to go to a lot of places that I get to take part in a lot of exhibitions and even residencies and when they do approach you do do they normally have an idea in mind in terms of let's say the topic or do they just approach you and say hey we love your work are you interested in showing would love to show anything or any of your projects both, I would say. Some of it, they would ask me to create new pieces and even bring 
over existing pieces for them. And usually it's free topic, allowed to do anything I want. And there are some that has certain requirements, like you have to create an artwork inspired by this or based on certain theme and or what size and all that. Yeah, it is really depends it has there's a lot of different requirements mm. and have you ever collaborated with anybody on these exhibits at all or are they just you know your exhibits alone in terms of collaboration usually it's a collective more like different artists or different people in the art field in the art industry different like there's one exhibition that I did two years ago, which um, involves different people in the design field. There's a fashion designer, there's architect, there's a graphic designer, and there's a uh, screen printing artist, and then there's a paper artist, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone has different kinds of backgrounds, and they gather everyone to, to explore the material paper. And there's even one that... I'm I'm not sure if you call that collaboration, but I think they call yeah, it a group it's show. Like a group show, and then th- th- there's also a few that they say it's a collaboration, which they use papers sponsored by certain brands. Like I've been involved with GF Smith for two collaborations exhibitions. I'll say two exhibitions years in a row, and. I, but the things that we do are very different from one another and we mainly use the same paper but different outcome. Mm. They call it collaboration. I'm not sure if this is the right term. Right, but they just name it that. Yeah, yeah they name it that way. And collaboration. Mm, but I, I do have one... I was actually thinking of collaborating with someone. Uh, we were talking about it during the lockdown and she's a installation artist, a sound designer. The sound designer. Sound designer. She creates like, different sorts of um, sounds for maybe commercials or for exhibitions, background music, things like that. So we talked through. She, she came I looked for me and we talked through about it. So we were thinking of doing a collaboration sometime, but then it was delayed throughout this, yeah, this, this mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah, I really look forward to this. It would actually be my first collaboration if you think That's about amazing. it right now. I love that idea of being able to walk through a gallery, see art and see, hear music that fits the art and yeah. makes the art even better. I think mm-hmm. music is such an important thing in our in our life. I love that idea. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Please keep us notified when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so. I hope this project will be, you know, will be a success. Yeah. Will your art continue in the line of reading flowers or will it start evolving and adding other objects or different topics into your art? I definitely would like to continue experimenting with flowers because you know, nature itself has been a huge inspiration for me and what I do. When I look back, all my work has actually been inspired by nature quite a lot and yeah i would love to continue using that as my main inspiration for my future work mm-hmm. but then i also want to ex- explore on different kinds of team or you know, topics like human relationships which is what i'm looking into right now 
Yeah, I really like the hands. I know, it's gonna ask her about that. I really wanna know who Thank you so much. is your hand model. <laughs> they have such beautiful <laughs> hair. You need to do those hands. I know, such beautiful hands. Sometimes I use my own hands. I, sometimes I use my own, but I make it slimmer. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I make it slimmer because it, well, you can see it. <laughs> you have piano finger hands. Because <laughs> they're long and slender. Yeah. I can't get the composition that I want. When I search for perspectives online of different hand positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's then that I use my hands as my <laughs> as the base of the yeah. work. <laughs> well, it's beautiful. It's so interesting how you're able to layer them together yeah. three-dimensionally, like they're intertwined, I would say. They must have been challenging, but it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, every time I look at that, I'm trying to figure out what goes where and seeing some of your sketches in terms of how you planned it out. That was really interesting too. Thank you. Yeah, I Thank love you. the behind the scenes. <laughs> It's so interesting to see how the artist came up with certain. Yeah. It's so clever. I love it. I mean, the the latest one with the hands. He created during a time when I was very feeling very down. And there's a lot of things going on in my life because, well, one of the things that happened at the time was when my grandmother, she was hospitalized and I have to take care of her for quite a long time. So it delayed quite a lot of things. And I was feeling very disappointed, very angry, very sad, and I'm very scared. And then there's a lot of emotions going on. Mm-hmm. And it was then I came up with this piece, you know, when I, I look at her and because of those weeks and somehow I just need to have, need to create something that brings me comfort, that heals me in a way. I, I don't know how to, how to explain this. No, I think you explained it really well. Can I ask you about about funding? I mean, you're in this exhibit. I assume you sell your work, but you probably don't sell all of your work. Mm-hmm. Do you get some sort of grant as an artist? Mm. No. Is there any of that available? There are grants available locally, but it's very, very hard to apply. There are grants. It's just that it's it's taking a lot of paperwork, a lot of... Um, is there a lot of competition? There is. And often it only involves artists who's doing things about the country itself, like the culture of Malaysia or like things to promote the culture of Malaysia. So when I look at it, my chances are really slim because I don't really do much about Malaysia itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I focus a lot on what I feel more connected to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I find it hard for me to get grants and fundings out there unless I apply for international fundings. Mm-hmm. I mainly ask because, I mean, as an artist, that's your identity. That's what you hope would mm-hmm. find your livelihood, right? Yeah. But at the same time, 
as artists, we also know that not everything we make sells or it doesn't sell at the amount that we want to. And so, you know, my biggest struggle obviously is, you know, how do I, how much time do I commit to being an artist versus having to financially support my family, right? We all kind of struggle with that. How much do I put into my art? How much time do I put into my art? At what point do I have to pivot my business to something else so that I can fund, let's say, my art? So I'm just curious in terms of for you who has, you know, who is quite well known in the paper art world, like how do you go about funding your livelihood? Do you have a part-time job? I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of soccer players in Canada, because soccer is not a big, you know, or football is not a big sport. A lot of them have a part-time job. Mm. That's, they love playing soccer, but it doesn't pay for their, you know, their, their car. <laughs> I used to work I think three to four odd jobs at a time just to do what I want to do, right? to to keep up with paper art and also doing graphic design words aside. And it's been hard. It's it's not easy to just do paper art alone. And I, I completely agree with that. I've been there and it was really tough. But then I thought that it's it might sound cheesy. <laughs> I thought that it's a one once in a lifetime thing. So I thought, you know, I should just do what I really want to do and don't spend so much time on other things. But then in reality, it's completely different, isn't it? Always. Mm -hmm. So even though I really wanted to just focus on fine art, you know, for exhibitions and galleries, but a lot of times my work, they don't sell and it was... It's really tough. It's quite disappointing as well. But at the same time, I also have um, other works going on, even though I wanted to focus on that. But I also do design work involving paper itself. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I still work with paper. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do. I actually have some of the uh, projects going on locally, which also involves paper. But it's, I guess, it's something different from what I do but it still generates income and mm -hmm. it keeps it makes me it keeps me on track in a way mm -hmm. of what I want to do so it's it's I know it's not always sunshines and rainbows you know, all the time it's really not always that yeah you know on social media I think that's the probably the good thing about social media people don't really see people only see the good things and we only show the good things the good side of things mm -hmm. you know I always often post a lot of my galleries and exhibitions but rarely on things that's going on behind mm -hmm. yeah well, that's okay. I mean, we all curate our social media platform mm -hmm. in a certain way. And I assume, I mean, even if, yes, like you said, the reality is we have to earn some income, yeah. we have to generate income. And whether it's what we generate income from is something related or not, mm -hmm. it might not be what you want to share in your portfolio because yeah. your aim in your portfolio is a certain, it's curated. <laughs> so as much as some commissions, you know, I get paid for them. Let's say it's not my color scheme or it's not the type of flowers I like. I may not show it, not necessarily necessarily I don't want to get paid for it but I just might not show it so I think mm -hmm. that's fair you know I think it's completely fair to to be to show only what you want in your portfolio if that's the purpose of your 
sharing. You know? Because maybe you want to get more commission, the one that you love to do, mm-hmm. but you yeah. still need income to do other things, but it doesn't fit what, what you want to do continuing mm-hmm. forward. Still do them. Just mm-hmm. don't showcase yeah, what you do. have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think as long as we can keep doing what we really want to do, I think anywhere, anyhow, in what direction, I think it's all good. As long as we get to do what we want. Have your end goal in sight and keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Yeah. And then have several streams <laughs> of income because one, t- some, especially when you're an artist, you need several incomes because yeah. one will not support you all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. doing multiple things, still doing what you love, but in different ways mm-hmm. will help you reach your goal at the end. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing mm-hmm. seeing how you've grown as an artist and mm-hmm. seeing the different, seeing your styles change. It really shows that you're experimenting with different or with paper differently and your inspirations are clearly differently during different phases of your work, I would say. But at the same time, being able to exhibit your range, your range with of artistic expression using your paper has been really interesting and of course because we love flowers your recent work uh, with the wildflowers and carving them with your scuffle on paper oh, amazing. has been really Thank amazing you. such a unique take on artistically expressing flowers and also what you know, just showing what paper can you can do with paper. Like Quinn was saying, with a flat piece of paper, I mean, we use glue, we cut it, we do all the stuff, but, you know, you're carving into it, which is pretty cool. Thank That's been amazing. So seeing that progression, I, I can only imagine greater things will happen and come your way. You continue your journey. Yep, and exploring this medium even more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's been yeah. so eye-opening to see what the other side of the world is doing with paper and your interpretation of why wildflowers. It's so incredible. Yeah. And thank you so much for talking about your exhibit work and your opportunities. And I think a lot of us can relate to the path of trying to find where you belong and Mm -hmm. facing rejection and learning from it and some opportunities having given to you because, you know, and you take them, you know, you take them when you, when you can. I think a lot of us can learn from that. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing your experience with us. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me here.